Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's the Mission Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the Mitchum Podcast. The white tablecloths are out. The beautiful paper doilies have been set at each at each, each t- table seating. We've got some cutlery. There's a, like you don't even know what half these forks and knives do, but the seat is there for you. Your prime seat at the Mitchum table. I may or may not be half pissed. Uh, <laughs> my name is Levins. My co-host is Mitch Orr. You got it right. No, I was going to say, that's like, um, like I'm giving options, like Mitch or <laughs> Mike. <laughs> um, and every week on the Mitchin, we invite a veritable who's who of the Sydney food scene. After that? You're fired already. <laughs> uh, we invite a veritable who's who and Phil uh, to to the Mitchin table to discuss the Sydney food scene that happened. Everything that happened in the last week. It's a real fun ride. So strap on in. I know I just said. I know it's like a table, but just strap in, put your seatbelt on, and pick up your fork. It's time for an episode of the Mitchin. Mitch, who do we have today? That was horrible. That was br- beautiful. <laughs> no, I'm going to say that was good. I think you had a really shit performance last week, and I think that you've really come out strong. I don't know. I think you've been rehearsing. I reckon you started as shit as you finished last week. <laughs> anyway, this week we have Mike Eggett back. Everybody knows Mike. Hello. Everyone's sick of Mike, but he's still here for some reason. I just never leave. Yeah. Mike may much. be the reason that some of us are hungover today. He Definitely. could well be. Um, we also have head chef and co owner of Six Penny, Dan Puskas. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> and his daughter. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we also have. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> can we, Dan, Puss, do you want to say hello again? Pussy's very nervous, apparently. <laughs> yeah, Pussy, we'll give you a, a take two on that. You can give us another hello if you like. We're not editing it out there. <laughs> G'day, guys. <laughs> hey, it's me, Daniel Pussy. Thanks, Mike. Good job. We also have head chef of the current restaurant of the year, according to gourmet traveler Phil Wood from Rockpool. You can say something now, Phil. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) And we also have this year's Josephine Pinelle Young Chef of the Year from Mark Lauren Eldridge. Hi. Welcome. Yeah. To the Mitchin tables. <laughs> how many how many Justin Pin Justin Justin Bieber? <laughs> <laughs> Justin Were you gonna say Justin Bieber? I feel <laughs> yep. like you were. How, how many Justin Bieber fans do you have today? <laughs> I um I really like his seven. new single. How about you guys? Uh, this is why Phil's here. Take it away, Phil. <laughs> uh, what? Wait, guys <laughs> Isn't it where someone's skateboarding? Yeah, yeah, you like it? Yeah. I like skateboarding in it. <laughs> yeah, skateboarding's sick. Phil, and, can and, you and start it, listening? 
Can to you start actually paying attention to what's <laughs> to, happening no, around and, you? And to, to Justin Bieber. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's got a, a great back catalogue of hits. But now, how many Josephine Pinole, uh did I get it right that time? Yes. Phew. Sort of. Uh, sort of? Maybe, yeah. Right. Almost. Uh, how many there ex- are four. winners of that award do we have at the, award, at the table? There four. are four. Puss won it in what year? 06. Phil? Seven. I won it in 10. And Lauren won it in 15, technically, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 16 well, I'm, I'm the 16 16 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 2016 right. winner And so Does that make you feel old Puss? <laughs> yeah old. man Great Yeah it's It's nuts Like You, you know, remember Mad Racket When you feels got like, like Yeah <laughs> I've got the photo On my computer <laughs> I have that Well Phil and I were quite drunk Dancing at Mad Racket And he just won it and I like pick this flower. I'm like, oh, Phil. <laughs> it's like handing, <laughs> handing over the, the baton, you know. It's like, it's like oh, it's your turn, Phil. <laughs> Sorry you didn't get the flower. Thanks. Where <laughs> is the flower yeah, now? My flowers. Oh, nothing. It's dead. It, it, it ended with you, Phil? Yeah, it ended with it started me. It, it ended at Mad Racket. You served it. You served it. Dan deflowered me. And that was it that night. It was a long night. What have you old heads, what advice can you give? What can Lauren expect having just won this award last week? Please enlighten me. Was it last week? Two weeks ago, yeah. whatever. Three weeks ago. We found out we've kind of known six for six months ago. So. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, you find out yeah, a so bit in I. advance. So yeah. tell us about this award. I mean, it's a little bit of background with the award, first of all. <laughs> I think Puss describes it really well. How? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's the point of the Josephine Pinole Young? You're the person that I know that really loves it. You've always, you've really always. You were, you were a big, you are the face of award. It's an award in memory of Josephine Pinole. So Damien Pinole had started the award back in, I think Mark Best was the second winner of it. And yeah. I think um, you got a crystal decanter. <coughs> yeah, he's always been upset about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. a crystal a decanter and a certificate was uh, apparently the first award. And Damien told me that one guy one year just broke his decanter, so all he got was a piece of paper, yeah. which cool. that was bestie. <laughs> And then the first winner was got the original chef at Claude's, no? But, uh, no, no, not the original chef at Claude's. It would have been like Damien and Josephine, but Tim Puckpoy. I yeah, think he was the first, original winner. Yeah. And I think it just gives you a, a platform to, you know, it, it's, it steers you in the right direction. Uh, not, it doesn't steer you in the right direction. It gives you an opportunity. Yeah, and then the, the limelight sort of is instantly on you and then, yeah. and then sort of gives you... A, a platform to build off. A, a chance above... Someone else, I guess, yeah. in in a in a in a good way. So yeah. I think, yeah. yeah Do you think really it also special. puts a, a certain sort of pressure and also a focus on you, which also helps you move forward? Whereas other people may not have that scrutiny, so there's less. I like, think yeah, like the you know because there's no like competition you have to sort of no cooking competition that you have to win. There's definitely pressure, but I think the main thing is was for me was to um just not upset Damien <laughs> just a he's he's a legend like he's like yeah. one of the OG. grandfathers of cooking in Sydney you know and because and it's um because it's based this is to everyone here because it's based on you know like their opinion of you as you say it's not a cooking mm. does it is it is it affirming to win it's it? kind of an odd idea yeah no, like does it bit. does it make you feel like okay I'm doing the right thing I'll keep going like because these old guys that have been in the industry for so long have taken like kind of one look at you and gone this guy's, you know, or girl's really got it fucking going on. Like, does it keep you on the right path? Is that... I think so. I, th- I feel you um, uh, You owe something to Sydney or you feel like you want to... Give just back. Give back yeah. to, what, to what you've been given, the opportunity that you've had. I mean, I was mm. super nervous. Like, I'm, I'm actually really nervous sitting here, even though it's with a bunch of friends. But it's, <laughs> it was. And when I went into the award, the first thing Damien said to me was, oh, you written an essay with shit. Why do you think... What? Why? 
why do you deserve Ow. not in not in like, why do you why you deserve to win it? So and you then, got shortlisted off a shit essay. Yeah, well he's not he's, he's yeah. so so he so I got shortlisted and then I was like, Oh fuck I didn't expect the first thing to come out of his mouth was that so I reached for my glass of water and then Neil's like, Oh you might want to grab that with two hands, Dan because I was shaking so much. Yeah. And then, like, that instantly settled my nerves and then we are just talking. And, yeah. you know, and he's like, oh, you sold yeah. it to me after that When I went to When I went for my interview, I was obviously nervous as well because you don't know the guys, you just know their reputations. Like, yeah, yeah exactly. it was Yanni and Damien I still and a couple don't know who guys. the judge was. I still don't know who they were. Uh, Neil Perry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a really good guy. He's, uh, I think you'd actually really like him, Phil. I think he's great. You yeah, yeah. The, oh, it, all the judging panel are people that knew Josephine in one way or another because the award is like a reflection of Josephine's yeah. qualities kind of thing. So yeah, Exactly. Like I knew a lot about the award from you, Puss, because we'd sort of become friends just before I entered and you'd really encourage me and stuff. So I kind of knew what to expect, but it's still really nerve-wracking going into it. And I guess, Lauren, you kind of knew as well, seeing yeah. as Mark's one. Mark, I mean, Mark was the one who pushed me to enter it, actually. I wasn't yeah. going to. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it next year. And he just looked at me and was like, why? Where do they do the interview now? And I couldn't. So they used to do it at... Penguin okay. Books. And they, I, they, they, they did, did at Penguin it. Books when I did it. Uh, yeah. No, it was in the like in a separate room in a hotel yeah, across yeah. from Hyde Park. It was weird. Like, you go in one door and you come out another one. Come out Because you don't see the other... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's definitely, like Mike, you were saying, like, I think it puts pressure on you now because of the history because of the people that have won it mm. like when you look back when I won Hongi had won it Phil had won it Puss had won it uh, fuck, Harry had won it you know like all Hamish. these guys that have had got, already gone on to do crazy good things and were shaping the industry and stuff had won it before you so you don't want to let any of them down and especially because like it's a bit of a, a family now like we're a lot of us are really good friends and stuff so you don't want to let your friends down and you don't want to let the industry down. You don't want to let Damien down. And Lauren, when you went for yours, like after market sort of pushed you to go for it, did you go and seek out anyone younger that actually remembered the process or did you just stick with kind of Bestie? Because he'd done it like, what, 24 years ago? It's a scary thought, sticking with Bestie. Yeah. 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 Because if you do just put all your money on Bestie, like... You can, <laughs> well, it's pretty, it's, pretty I mean, it's paid off for me yeah. so far, so I guess I'll just keep putting don't, my money on him. Don't, <laughs> but, um, this, this podcast is not about being polite or And also, like, 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 there's no way in the world that he knows how to use a podcast, so you can say whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> that is not true. <laughs> <laughs> he would kill me if I insulted him. Was he able to help you with your letter, like if it was on a computer, or did you have to put it on a typewriter and show him? Like, was he able to keep up to date? He he did surprisingly well. I uh, emailed it to him, and he could open it himself, so that was a good start. <laughs> That's better. Um, <laughs> no, he he did assist me. I mean, I wrote the, I probably wrote four or five drafts of the uh, essay, and everyone he was like, "That's shit. That's shit." Like none of them are you you're trying too hard kind of thing and then yeah. it got to probably two days before and i was like well what have i got to lose so i just got cut out like half of it and sent it to him and he's like yep okay yeah, i'm it. pretty sure mine would be shit ass if i read it now uh, that's a that really fun thing to do in a future episode i yeah. think mm-hmm. and do the three we, we should of you all sit here and read our really, essays wouldn't that it be, would entertaining? be really embarrassing <laughs> do the three guys that want to like a few years ago now do you still remember what you wrote a few years ago well I'm not being polite <laughs> so Puss is 10 years now nearly 8 yeah. years no it's 10 he said 07 wasn't it 06 it was 06 but it was 05 when it happened oh, so it's, it's like 10. yeah it's 10 years so 10 years. Lev's it's either 9 or 10 mate <laughs> not 8 um, <laughs> keep up Archie <laughs> do you guys remember what you wrote and do you feel like you've stuck to that kind of 
Magic? Nah, definitely not. I, I, in, in, in a little, in a little way, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like uh, my whole thing was about cooking at home for family, and then also cooking in a restaurant. Well, now and you have a family, you cook at home, so yeah. And then, but now, my the way I cook at at work is sort of does replicate in a small way also what, what I'm doing, doing at home because mm-hmm. I wouldn't be putting like I you know I put pasta on the menu now. Mm-hmm. You never would have done, that and I never would have done that yeah. when I wrote the letter, wrote the essay. Yeah, I think. Mine was relating to like pushing Italian food forward in Sydney and stuff because I felt like it was a bit stagnant and all just traditional and stuff. So I guess in some ways I am kind of doing that, mm-hmm. even though I'm not really cooking Italian food, but I'm cooking pasta. So Phil, what did you say? What did you plan uh, Mine was about like homage to the industry. I think I was like uh, sort of about trying to respect what's come before me and then try push that on a little bit further. Mm. But it was very French-based in the idea of what, what I wanted to do, which yeah. is where I was at at that time. I know all of you well, and all you, I would say you've all stuck pretty close to that. Now, I don't know. The, the week after Mitch got his, didn't you go on MasterChef and cook a licorice risotto? That's like the opposite of what you are now. No, that's pushing, that's pushing Italian food forward Chef. to a degree. Is that a highlight? Yeah. No. So, Lauren, what have <laughs> you... That what is an embarrassing category. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad we've brought Does that mean, Lauren, have you been approached by MasterChef yet? I haven't. I never have it. I'm waiting if anyone's listening. MasterChef no. wasn't even a thing when you, when you won it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 but have you noticed, like, have you... Like I think, <laughs> I think in years past, like when when Hongi won it and stuff, like the next three Sydney Morning Heralds, Hongi was in articles and stuff like that. And he's still in those articles. Yeah, yeah, God knows why. Surrounded by shoes. Yeah, but it definitely puts a a big like we knew each other through the industry beforehand, but I guess it puts a bigger spectrum on you of people who know who you are now and stuff. So that opens doors for you. Have you like already been? hit up for stuff because of the award or um i think partly because of the award and i just came back from india and i got a lot of opportunity that That was really really cool actually finish 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 the question shut up phil Phil, it's not the fucking phil chin i actually want to talk (laughs) it's not time for the segue write down your questions and come back to you told me we lied now shut up lem's also told you to shut up Lauren, continue answering the first question. <laughs> um, you said, don't wait. <laughs> I remember. That's exactly what you said. Don't wait. You didn't say just interrupt me, it. Phil. Well, I'm, my turn to I'm just talking. Uh, <laughs> Off you go. Your, your essay was yes. shit, Phil. Such your essay head, was chef. shit. <laughs> uh, that was an insight into the Rockpool kitchen. <laughs> Listen to Phil. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I've had a lot of people just sort of come out of the woodwork and be like, congratulations and sort of contact me i was on my uh, high school notice board for about a week that was Wicked. pretty That's exciting over in Pennant hills how did you know that did you go do you go back i to got no <laughs> i did i drove past and was like case. waiting no yeah. so my, my mum went past there. and <laughs> my mum drove past and made my dad stop so she could take photos <laughs> did you, you did a, you did a shot in front of it you <laughs> yeah. do don't you? you've got a photo yeah. somewhere i was giving a thumbs up and pointing at it and myself yeah um no i mean i've just had a lot of interest i suppose people have started noticing me or emailing me and asking for interviews and that sort of thing so it's all very new i suppose i've just seen mark do it a hundred times yeah. so it and i just go to him like he's my media 
Is there anything advisor. you haven't done yet that you're waiting for? Give him a shout out now. <laughs> That's scary as well. <laughs> Mark is your media advisor. Yeah. Yeah. I, reckon, I reckon Bessie's doing better at media than he's ever done. Because he just he's he doesn't give a fuck anymore. He's, awesome. he's incredibly he's really honest. honest. So he just yeah. doesn't. It needs it. People need that in the world. He doesn't give a shit if you don't like him, really. Yeah. So who hasn't contacted you and who do you want? Come on, name him. <laughs> Let's who hasn't contacted? Yeah, who oh, do I don't you know. Do I, I don't know enough people to say they haven't contacted me yet. <laughs> well, so the mission was the last thing to tick off the box, and now you're there. Uh, no, I was waiting. This is the highlight. This is the this is the top pinnacle. That's the line. <laughs> no, it's that's all right. downhill from here. From, so I mean. now, now to Phil's question. Like. India, how was India? That sounds amazing. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Let's talk <laughs> about that. It did. It sounded amazing. So you you didn't get to go to the awards. No, I was because on a plane, India. actually. So Mark gave your speech. You asked me if I wanted yep. to ask a question. No, I no. didn't. <laughs> I said, back to Phil's question. I didn't say you could ask it. So Mark gave a speech for on you. On my behalf. Do you, are you kind of annoyed? Like, it was a pretty amazing thing that you went in India for. Is it kind of sad that you weren't at the awards? It was no? a little bit sad that I wasn't there, but then I was also like, oh, upside. If I'm not going to be there, at least he can be like, oh, she's doing charity work in India, which yeah. sounded pretty cool. So Okay, now describe what you were actually doing uh, w- in Well, India. I was doing charity work in India. Um, there's an organisation that's run over there that is trying to encourage young women into hospitality. That's their initiative for the year. So uh, I was invited with another, I think it was eight, seven or eight Michelin-starred chefs from around the world. And we sort of interacted with these young girls that have come from sort of terrible, so like how, how horrible did you, how backgrounds. How did the invitation come about? Uh, Mark, actually. Okay. So paying off yet again. Um, he went, I think, a year or two ago okay. to help the organisation. And it's pretty, it sounds pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah I mean, the lineup of chefs was very intimidating. It was Angela, Hart- yeah, Ang- Angela Hartnett, Lisa Allen. Francis Atkins, Anita Lowe. So I'm the every man of this podcast. Yeah. I don't know. You're just listing names they all to me. Own, they, yeah, so they all own restaurants that all have Michelin stars and have all been around forever and sort of like the who's who of female chefs. All from around the world? Yeah, so England, America, Slovenia, uh, Germany. Um, and I just rocked up and I was about 15 years younger than all of them. Like, hey. <laughs> But, I mean, it was amazing. We all cooked together and interacted with the girls, went on farm visits, and they took us around Old Delhi. And we the big thing was we did all these charity dinners. So I cooked a dinner with Anita Lowe, who has a restaurant in America called Anissa. Um, and 180 people in India with her. And we, it was six courses, and it's pretty full, it was pretty full on. Yeah. It was actually a lot of work, but there was a lot of support there. And, I mean, it was great meeting everyone, so... That sort of, it's now changed my idea of where I want to go with the award prize and what I want to do because I met all these people from all around the world and all of them said, come over and visit me, come and cook in my restaurant. Awesome. Massive opportunity. So. Awesome. Phil, are you satisfied with that? Anything else you want to add? No, it's brilliant. Great. Thank you, Lauren. Thank you, Phil. What did you you cook? You answered this (laughs) question. Ignore the guy. I was directing it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, what what was your thing? What did you cook? What um, was your thing? What was my what was thing? thing? What did you do? So I did... <laughs> How'd you make it happen? <laughs> did three courses, so I had to do savoury courses as well. Um, I'm a pastry chef for those, for the everyman. Are you the first pastry chef to win? I have been told I'm the first pastry chef, and I was also told I'm the first Dedicated. woman. I'm not sure if might that's... Be, yeah. that. What about you the girl be. in Newcastle? Oh, there was one, yeah. Ah, right. f- yeah, and then I felt a bit bad, because I had a feeling there was, there and was I was taking you. glory, yeah. so sorry. Like a year or... 
She doesn't. Per- she sorry, doesn't person listen. that we she don't know listen. the name of because we're yeah, all. I don't shit. know if she cooks anymore though either. No, she. Well, she she mean, had she something around Wizard Street or something. No, or a fever. Oh, no. I thought she was in Newcastle. She had a cafe or something. A volunteer firefighter or something. What? what? Seems, that seems more useful <laughs> no, than what we do. Let's be fair. Man, if you're making that up, I'm really impressed. It's like. Yeah. Um. So yeah, what did you cook while while you're in India? Uh. So I had to do. Yeah, right. This was your question. I just like you to. Like, yeah. no, I'm listening. Yeah. I'm listening. <laughs> and, uh, currently, he's making up his own answer in his head. <laughs> Phil, what did Lauren cook? It Please. was incredible. It Please. was. Um, Thank you, Phil. How do, how do I mean? How do we even describe it? It was note by note cuisine. <laughs> uh, it was. It was colours. It was. Textures. It was blue. Uh, and there were some reds. And blue. Uh, I can't really describe the textures because. It's until you see it and taste it, you don't know it. And feel it. And feel it. It's it's feeling in it. It was a vibe. There was a vibe in it. it anyway, was, what I, I called was... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, did, I did three courses and some petty fours. So I did a, uh eggplant dish because there, I mean, 30% of Indians are vegetarian. So every dish had to have a vegetarian option. So I did an entirely veggie, which was a steamed marinated eggplant with eggplant chips and eggplant sauce and yogurt and then i did a uh licorice cake a savory licorice cake with a chicken parfait and uh they have this all the chutneys and pickles and stuff in india so i got this really sour lime pickle that went with that and the veggie option was a roast mushroom number with the licorice and then the dessert was a whipped caramel ganache with chocolate mousse and a flaxseed cracker and some chocolate sugar twills Awesome. And then, yeah, some petty fours. They have the citrus fruit in India called sweet lime, which is, I mean, it's big. It looks like an orange, but green, completely green. So, wow. so you just kind of think it's not ripe, and then it tastes like a cross between an orange and a lime. Sick. So a uh, pat de foie with that. It's pretty awesome. special because, you know, I think she just won the award. Yeah. She skipped out on the awards night when yeah, it's yeah. all... That's it, be, your glory. And, yeah. You know, yeah. and I think it's really special because she's yeah. just given that up to go over to India to help yeah. people, to help, you know, women in India get into hospitality. Yeah, it definitely makes us all look like dickheads. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I just got... I mean, you guys do that anyway, so yeah. I wouldn't worry yeah. too much. <laughs> we don't, we, we don't need any help. Well, no. I'm going to try and bring the charity over here to Australia, so you guys, awesome. maybe we could make Together. it a JP sure. charity combination yeah. thing. There we go. There's yeah, an cool. idea. On awesome. the travelling thing, nice. you guys, when you win the JP... You get a million dollars in a private jet, as I remember. Some and people get a million dollars. Yeah. That was yeah. Mitch. Not me. And you get to go places. So you got who three. Who's the highest? Jimmy. Jimmy. Jimmy? 21,000. Jimmy who? This is the prize money they're talking about. Jimmy Parry Jimmy from Parry. Sixpenny. Dan's business partner. So you've got really? three winners here who use their money to travel and do things. And, and you've got someone who's about to. So you guys, where did you go? What's the advice? What's the best way to use that money? Everyone's done different things. Hongi bought shoes and um, a couple of meals and some Instagram followers. I think there were only 40s of malt liquor. Yeah, that's it. I think that's all he did, wasn't it? That was all Hongi did. <laughs> yeah, he didn't really work. No, no work. He's still spending some of it on shoes. I went to America. Sorry, can I give you a Hongi update? A friend of ours had dinner with Hongi last night and asked, when are you going to do the Mitchin? And he said, I'm not going to do the Mitchin. Those guys give me too much shit. He said that? Really? I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it, bro. <laughs> Fuck those guys, bro. <laughs> okay, come on, winners. Where do you go? What do you do? Come on, advice. Um, uh, look, there's no advice. Obviously, you got to do what you want to do. Yeah. Everyone's different. Um, I went to America. I went to 
New York for eight weeks, and I was at WD50, and then I went down to Chicago um, and spent some time on linear, because at the time I was really into all those new sort of wonderful crazy techniques, and I learned a lot. It was fantastic. Um, I mean, I think on the second episode of the mission, yeah, we, you talk, touched we talked on about it, where you went, which was pretty crazy because the there was two restaurants I chose to go to. Two weeks before I flew out, there was that chef that got in trouble for copying dishes at both restaurants at WD50 and Alinea. They got put up on a website called eGullet, and they yeah, were side by yeah. side, exact plating, exact dishes, exact replicas. Just got copied like about six or seven dishes. And then I chose to go to those same two restaurants. So it was pretty funny. Like, as soon as I went there... You could have just gone to Melbourne. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, you in, in, like, saying, uh, in saying Robin that... Robin Wickens, but with brown hair. In saying that, he actually has a lot of talent. Oh, he, he can cook. Robin yeah, Wickens can. can cook. <laughs> yeah. And he just made... I'm sure he's made like... He just made a stupid mistake. Yeah. And Wiley was like... When I, in, when I said... Because the first thing I said to him, Hi, I'm Daniel. I'm from Sydney, not Melbourne. And the chef, you know... <laughs> That everyone was talking about. Anyway, I just said, and he just said to me, you know what? The guy can obviously cook. You know, yeah. like well, he doesn't need to rip my dish off, dishes off to prove himself. Yeah. And um, he just it was a really silly thing to do. I don't understand. Mm. It, yeah, but I don't actually. think it was really out but there. It was, then, it was like, like yeah, it was pre blogger. It was pre Instagram, yeah. pre you know social media. So mm. it was easier to do. I guess. Nobody knew the that fat Jew really story mean. back then. Yeah, exactly. The what? That's a. I'd say uh, if, if you didn't only social media joke and pay attention to the food world, you get it, bro. <laughs> and you, you probably you like, probably still wouldn't get it. You'd be like, great. I don't know what you're talking about. If that makes what, did you do uh, what did you do with your prize? I tried to go to Europe, but I don't speak any of those languages. <laughs> and, English. And, don't you speak English? And in, don't you in, speak um, European? I don't speak European. And, I, and in retrospect, when I did my application letters, I just put it through Google Translate. So. <laughs> I can't imagine what those application letters <laughs> look so. like when they turned up, but um, funnily enough, I didn't get in any of those restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so I ended up applying to go to New York, um, so per se, and then I got a call from um, Corey at French Laundry in California, and I went there for a year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's great. Mitchell? I went to Italy, so Osteria Francescana. And um, how long were you there for? Though you were there uh, two months. Two months, yeah. yeah and, then I, think, and then I travelled on the back of it. Do you think there's a good amount of time for doing stages? You guys are quite like versed in either having stages come to your restaurants or doing stages yourself. Some people do nine months a year. I think a lot more months. places now are set up for taking stages. Yeah. You know, a lot of places when, rely on them now yeah, to operate. You know, and a when lot I went places it, are not allowed to do it anymore, though, as well. True, yeah, America, right. it's illegal. Right? So yeah, if right. really? if Lauren was say like allotting 16 weeks of traveling would you suggest doing two places one place like what's the you know what's it like i think sometimes i think everyone's different i I really just wanted to go and work uh, and immerse myself in a different country yeah and get that experience that was a challenge for me and i skipped out on it i went to to an english-speaking country if i did it again now like my view on cooking is completely different it's not about wd50 or linear i'll be in france for me, I love France. I'll just be traveling all around France, eating small places, big places, and trying to stage at as many places as possible. Well, my thing is, do I, do I stage for a few months or do I travel to as many places as possible? Uh, like, because if, it, I mean, you know, we've keep got it to do what you feel is right. Don't plan yeah. it too much. Yeah, yeah for exactly. me, see, like, I, I feel a lot of stage, when you're staging now, you can be stuck in a room just picking herbs and not learning anything. Yeah. So you're almost off, better off just going to eat and immersing yourself in the restaurant experience and picking up what you can and talking to the floor staff and shit like that rather than just w- working your ass off picking herbs and not actually seeing how the restaurants it's run. It's restaurants, it's wineries. Yeah. From like bars from and 
cheese yeah. to, you know, it's like... Yeah, I mean, Sydney's a bit all. of a bubble, so I feel like even going away for the week that I just did, it was... You see so much, yeah. so much different. Totally How was India? I've never been to India. It was pretty good, so I did this um, dinner. That <laughs> Sorry, I'm just changing tag. I'm, I'm really, I'm you know, you're you're re-asking a question. <laughs> okay. I was like, do I get the same if, answer? No, 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 wait, uh, if anybody that Phil knows that knows Qantas can get him a ticket <laughs> to India, oh, yeah, that'd yeah, be really, really great. But I was just saying, what was the... Did you do spice markets and stuff? Because I'd say it'd be pretty amazing. Yeah, we did. So there was one. Sorry, it's, am I allowed to change the topic like that? Yeah, of course you are, mate. Do whatever you want, Phil. <laughs> we'll go back to what we were Maybe talking we about. Call it whatever the you want. No, it's fine. I'm uh, just getting out. I'm just. <laughs> we did one of, one of the days we went out to Old Delhi, which you, is just totally insane. Half of us are laughing at Dan saying the filchin, right? <laughs> the filchin. You, know, you know, I said that 20 minutes yeah. ago. <laughs> <laughs> but before we got Sorry, here, we made an effort not to laugh at your jokes. Oh, good. You're like, <laughs> it's like there's that the place filchin. just down the road called the Frigateria. Have you seen that? Yeah, out the road. <laughs> What has that got to do with anything? <laughs> I'm just so funny, just <laughs> funny, funny names. Not a lot, it's, to be fair. Nothing, really. No, what does sorry. anything I say have anything uh, to do with anything? For the third time in the podcast, India. tell us about India. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you went to Old if Delhi. If anyone hasn't noticed, I did go to India. Um, no, we, one of the days we went with some of the girls who have been helped by the charity. So they place them in restaurants and uh, sort of teach them English and how to operate. But they buddied up with each of the chefs and we walked around Old Delhi which is absolutely insane there's just so many people and so many just cows and cars and little carts going down the street but um that I mean that was a pretty cool India experience and we went down to the spice markets and had a look through that and that was did you get a chance to eat any traditional Indian I did I actually cooked in one of the little street stalls they have this traditional uh dessert pastry thing so every time anything sweet appeared in the entire trip everyone would look at me and be like <laughs> go do something um go, which, ma- go magic it yeah <laughs> so i i crawled up into this little <laughs> the thing about your jokes phil is your laugh is so much funnier than them <laughs> <laughs> no, you're great though thanks for coming <laughs> my pleasure does that mean I can go now? <laughs> you could have yes. left after you, you gave us left. the ramen. <laughs> you could have left an hour ago. Actually, uh, how long does this go for? An hour. As, as long, long as you want. Yeah. Uh, you keep interrupting takes. me, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just keep this one going. Uh, no, I, I climbed up into this little street stall that they had and made uh, this thing called jalebi, which has been around, the stall had been around since the 1800s or something insane, by, run by the same family, and it's this dough that when I looked at it, it looked a lot like a bread starter and it was in this makeshift piping bag and they pipe it straight into oil and then once it's fried they dunk it straight in sugar syrups and it absorbs it all it's super porous so it's such a brilliant like color of red it it was just it it was just it was translucent because it was just soaked with sugar oh wow it was like like eating fried sugar it was delicious you can can get it here in like Harris Park and a few other Indian restaurants here but it's always bright orange okay Um, and my wife who's who's, who's lived in India is always like yeah it's pretty good but it's not as good as India and then I'm like fuck you shut up (laughs) I mean and then I sleep on the couch (laughs) 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 with a big smile (laughs) Yeah, I told yeah, her. On that one. <laughs> um, no, so that was, I mean, cooking in a street stall in Old Delhi was just a pretty cool experience in general. So Cool. Yeah, that's wild. I recommend it. And the thing that I learned when I was there is Indian cuisine is so different. I think in Western countries, 
like in the shops the other day it just said Indian spice and now that I'm so enlightened I was like what is that but there's so many like you can travel two hours three hours and it's completely different cuisine and stuff which I didn't realize it's like very so. regional it's so crazy to hear, to hear them talking about like um you know the, the the JP pilgrimages that they do once they win but I mean it sounds like you've already kind of done one mm. Yeah, I think too touching on Yay. what Lauren said before. <laughs> that Sydney's a Sydney's What's a bubble for overachieving. <laughs> <laughs> right, and Puss, you said so. Lauren said Sydney's a bubble, and you said that you learn just as much from traveling around to different cultures. I think that Sydney's like cultural side of things can be quite a bubble, and there's not a lot going on. But I think the actual cooking that comes out of the kitchens, like the young talent that are trained. I found like lately when I've been traveling, the food that's cooked in Sydney is really, really fucking good. It's exactly what the Hongi said to me yeah. last week. It's crazy. Just isn't it? Everyone that's come back, like, man, like it's really great and all, but fuck, Sydney's really good. At it's really everyone. I I found that after I came back, Greeno said that after Ben Greeno from Bombay of Eleven. Greeno said that, that after he came back from his case. last trip around Europe. Do you know every man? Have you heard of Greeno? <laughs> every, everyone, everyone in like, especially like in the last year that's gone away and has come back has just said like, yeah. Sydney is really well, killing we it. Just, yeah. And like a little nod to Miffy Rigby who did Lee Tram Lamb's podcast last week. And the unbearable lightness of being hungry. If you want to look it up on uh, iTunes, it's a really great podcast and inspired this one. Mm. Thanks and Lee Tram Lamb. She did a little nod to it and said that, you know, why do we always look overseas to bring in talent to host events and such, you know? And I think if you travel right now, you see the one thing we're kind of missing is just that that culture and maybe that history with food. But the actual execution of food and the training of chefs in Sydney and, and Australia, it's it's really fucking good. You know, for, so for Lauren, for instance, like just learning and seeing the Indian culture, you don't need to work in an Indian kitchen to absorb that. And, you know, you've trained under Mark, so, you know, you'll be a bit of a fuckwit, but your, your training is going to be <laughs> Thanks, awesome, man. you know what I mean? <laughs> Um, I would say, like, I, I mean, you, um, so thankfully you're already there, to, so maybe I could work under you. So, you almost um, have to have worked with Martin Ben or Mark to win the award, though. That's like a prerequisite. Or no, Dan Puskas. It's like a prerequisite now. I feel like Mark, Mark <laughs> had Hongi, Dan, and me. So well, Mitch, himself, is the, so. Mitch didn't, because you won before. I won before. I'd started at CPA technically, so I yeah. haven't worked with any of And them. Hamish. But yeah, you work you, next you, to Mark. Does that count? I think there aren't any rules. I think, I think, Just credit me. I think people in Australia are cooking really well, but I think still going overseas to experience different cultures. You know, Lauren mm. wouldn't have picked up what she got if she didn't go to India. Mm. Going to France, going to Italy, anywhere around Europe, even America. I think all places have their advantage. Yeah, you pick you pick stuff up, and it, it makes you realise how lucky you are. Yeah, the only disadvantage of Australia back. is we're so far away. Yeah, I think the main disadvantage of Australia is that you're here. Yeah, there's that. Uh, no, our vegetables. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. fucking shit. They're rubbish. They're rubbish. Our proteins are sick. <laughs> well, I'm just going to go back to New Zealand then. Screw our you vegetables all. have no flavour. Yeah. yeah, they don't yeah. have. Uh, and do you think that's changing though with a lot more like small I think it's getting worse. Yeah, but they've, stuff got to, they've got to stop growing radishes. Yeah. That's the only thing. <laughs> the problem stop is with the breakfast they're, they're, radishes. They're too linked to the markets and the the demand. Like cause, yeah, yeah. because the Sydney's like size and all that they're too linked to Woolworths and Coles no even Everly Markets say like they go there they need to make a certain amount of money mm. you know so they have to have a a product that people want whereas in in France and London they grow they what grow the what season allows and then the people are versatile enough to use it up and Sydney seems to have this demand for they want radishes all year round or they want strawberries all year round they 
Isn't it a respect for seasonality, which puts mm. pressure on the farmers? And yeah, you can never tell a farmer not to make money. Seasonality. Like, yeah, because we, we don't have um, seasons like it's yeah, like yeah, they yeah. do in Europe. No, yeah. we don't. So it's, the, it's a different world. Can you explain that a bit more? That sounds fascinating. Well, the CSIRO has spent the last ten years um, learning Aboriginal seasons from the northern tip of Australia, and most of them have about six to eight seasons yeah, right uh and they divide like for example summer is divided into two two distinct parts where one is is uh windy and one is wet that's it really that's why i know that's all, it's yeah. pretty it's pretty fascinating and is that have you only recently learned of that or is that something you've known for a while uh the first time i came across it was i was in the grampians down in victoria near dunkeld no, near dunkeld mm-hmm. and they, there's an aboriginal center um there and it just had a big thing about the seasons. I think they had 12 seasons in that area. Uh, and then I just stumbled across something yesterday, actually, about the CSIRO. So that's why it's fresh in my memory. Where it sounds like I know what I'm... I don't know. Just saw it. It'll be on the CSIRO. <coughs> on the back of a packet of sugar that he was reading in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's fascinating. And, and, and I, think, um, uh, I think we need to try escape from that idea of seasonality in Australia and relating it back to Europe because it's never going to yeah. work. Yeah. And we, we try to relate everything back to Europe. Yeah, and, and it and absolutely goes back to what you said earlier, which is the biggest thing about Australia is we're so far away, which means we have our own... There are rules Climate. to everything that we yeah. do here and, and we shouldn't abide by funny, someone like, else's. I, mm. I feel like we don't really have, you know, four seasons of the year. It's always completely different. Yeah. You know? mm. um, it changes every year, how long things last. Yeah, I don't think there's an issue with growing radishes. I think if you grow a radish, you want to grow a tasty radish. You want one that to be like super peppery and delicious. Didn't you have like radishes on your menu? I saw if you put a photo up like, radishes ago and I had radishes on your dish. Yeah, probably did. So <laughs> why is radishes? You know, like I just think he just doesn't want anybody else to have radishes on their menu. And it's it's such a trend to go to the I markets. Bought them all. And you and like you'll go to the markets and try to buy some produce and someone will be like, Oh, is it organic? Where it's like does it just taste delicious? Like just just taste it, you know? Uh you go to you go to Europe, you have all these like old you know, grandmas and grandpas has been growing like this, like th- through the, their families through three generations, and all they're growing is tomatoes, and they taste fucking amazing. Yeah. And you come here, and you can't have it. You, you don't get any tomatoes that taste delicious. I think that's we've got to stop growing tomatoes then. Yeah, but you know, maybe if we're following more no of tomatoes. these. You know, what yeah. vegetables should we eat, guys? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's all appropriate. You know, like people will be using tomatoes all the way through the year when we shouldn't be and the, the amazing thing that I found in Paris is that all the small little restaurants that I was going to it was like it was time for globe artichokes and every restaurant had a whole just blanched artichoke like 10 Williams Street are doing now so good and it was amazing like every restaurant I went to we all ate the artichoke but they all did it in a different way and you're like oh yeah that shit or that was delicious or he did this really well and it was great to see that it was like oh I'm you know like people not complaining about that every single restaurant had artichokes it was like some people were doing it well, some people weren't. They tasted delicious, and it was mm. you don't see that here. It's not so much that Europe abides by the seasons, but they seem to have a real respect for the timing. So it might be two weeks that the artichokes are mm. in, and yeah. they just they don't they don't fight it. They just go for it. They don't care that the guy next door is doing an artichoke. They just they respect the timing of the veg, and and that's how they run their restaurants. And that's why the small places are the best, because you know like the stand up. We went to a like a wine bar, wine bar in Paris, Le Carve Michel. And it was, uh, sorry, uh, it was phenomenal because it was standing room only with one sommelier and one chef and he had no menu and he would literally just cook whatever he had in front of him. And throughout the entire night, we sat there and drunk all night 
really, really pissed why, why this was amazing. But the same dish would come up throughout the night, but varied every time, just based on what was left in his larder. So it was that was to me was respecting the timing because he just bought the veg that morning, or the fish or whatever he had, and just throughout the night he would just wing it. So it wasn't even like a daily menu; it was an hourly menu. It was an inspirational thing, and it was like fucking delicious. It was better than most of the Michelin places we ate at. It was sick. Mm, we don't get, have that here. Yeah, I get criticised at six penny because we have chamomile in two things during yeah. throughout the menu. When I just went to Arpege a few months ago. <laughs> And had tomato, I had like a huge tasting menu. I had artichoke, uh, sorry, tomatoes probably about seven times through the 12 courses. Yeah. They were all prepared differently, and I thought it was delicious. I had nothing to complain about. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I went to Man Race once, but they did 13 of 14 savory courses, which had tomatoes, and it was pretty fucked. Like, that was shit. <laughs> Mitch, like, didn't, didn't you ages ago go to a night that only had avocados? Yeah, but that was like a promotional <laughs> night for avocados. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I remember you telling me this horror story. I think that was Matt. That was Matt Lindsay's uh, dinner. No, it was ages ago when Morgie did it at um, Flinders Inn. Oh, that's right. But it, that's like a paid-for thing by Australian avocados. Right, sure. They get a chef, and you know. What so. did you do? You were like Mr. Persimmon. Yeah. Dan, sorry, I'm speaking to Dan. Yeah, you went on Kerry Ann Kennelly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Persimmon. I went on Kerry Ann Kennelly when I was like 16. Yeah, it was going to be like a, yeah. Yeah. Be like a Bill like Cosby a, story. What did you do? Is- hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Um, <laughs> so my, uh, actually, I was 17. I'd just finished the HSC and my... Everyone stopped dro- listening to me. My year 12. No, I, did, I, I stopped listening when you walked in the door. Don't worry. Sorry. Um, Thanks for the food, though. <laughs> my, uh, my year 12 I just 12 dropped drum. a gold joke just then. No one really? Do you want oh, to man. repeat it while well, I'm I listening? To, no, I have to edit it. I can, I'll hear it. And, no, no, um, and if it's good, yeah, it's I'll put like, a, uh, like an air horn. Like, <laughs> say, you just heard another Phil classic joke. <laughs> Can you do that, please? Yeah, yeah. sure, no problem. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually shooting for Carl Sandyland's job. Phil, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> what if I just put that after it? Yeah. <laughs> Phil, shut up. <laughs> oh, I'm um, done. 
17 You're 17 You finish HSC And my uh, My year 12 drama teacher Yeah Believe it or not I did year 12 drama um, She was like a production person On Carrie Ann Kennelly's show yeah. And she was So it was yeah The year after I did my HSC And they were talking to people That had done their HSC They were doing it this year And so they thought They'd have people from the past People from now and um, they interviewed me And I decided I would be a complete smartass Because it's Carrie Ann Kennelly Who gives a shit Because it's you Exactly And um, I remember um, She was like Oh so what have you been doing Since finishing the HSC And so I was, I was like I kind of like Described this like I was Do you remember a show on ABC Or maybe it was like Year 7 Sorry Channel 7 uh, It was called like Girl Zone Or Girl Talk Or something like that I'd like to point out He's directing that question To me <laughs> <laughs> Not around the table I know I know, I know, I know. <laughs> He's definitely <laughs> looking Directly past you Lauren Straight at Phil uh, There's a mirror behind you I'm asking myself uh, But anyway there was, there was a shocking show And I started describing That I was working on it And she was And I was like Do you ever heard of this show Girl Talk And she was like Yeah And I was like Well I had it's nothing I had nothing to do with that And she was like Oh Quick, ask everybody else a question. And then, you know how they always do that bit where they're like, um, look, oh, we've got to cut to a break now, but do you guys have time to stick around? And everyone's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, it's on the camera was focused on me at the time and I ordered, like looked directly <laughs> at my watch then shook my head at the camera and so like yeah I, um, my, my, at my parents' house, they have a VHS of, of my, my, the best moment of my life, probably. The, the height of my fame. What happened when you were on Kelly Kennelly, <laughs> Daniel? He cooked por- persimmons. Yeah. <laughs> the you, end. How did you cook persimmons? didn't want to do that, did you? What did you do no, with the persimmons? I think I had to you fill in for someone who wasn't able to... Did I do two dishes? You were meant to. I don't you think mean you filled in with... She some, talked the whole time. Other people she it literally was about three minutes. Yeah. I can't remember. She kind I, of cooked something. you a little bit too. She I was, cooked something yeah, with persimmons. She had no idea who I was. No, she just wanted to get in your pants. But not that it... Not that she needed to know. Like she should have known. She should have known. I, I got <laughs> she had no like. She didn't care. Not that she, I knew she wouldn't know who I was, but she didn't care who I was. So it was just like some dude here cooking something. Blah, blah. Oh, she gets like thirteen guests an episode, man. She doesn't care who anybody is. Yeah. I got really distracted because her legs looked like it wasn't. No, they weren't wearing stockings. It looks like she just glad wrapped them. <laughs> What do you mean? Maybe she I mean, like, it, it looks. It looked like she, like, someone had like fashioned her a pair of stockings out of glad wrap. Wow! It was like they were like shimmery and shiny. And she would ask me a question, and I'd be like, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back back to Dan. Back to the persimmon. We're moving on from the persimmon story. I like the persimmon story. Yeah, I want to know what you cooked. I thought you did something with prawns. I've never cooked them. I just nah. served them fresh. And you just salad. You phoned it in. You really didn't care. You said yes to doing the contract to be the Persimmon spokesman and then you reneged almost like straight away. What kind of money do you get for being the Persimmon spokesperson? Sorry. What what kind of paycheck does the the Persimmon spokesperson come with? I can't remember. I'm happy to be that person since all the good fruits got taken. I remember. And you were Persimmon. Yeah, Marty Bodes had custard apple. I wanted custard apple. You're a terrible Let's say your life. He really is the only one that could be custard apple, to be honest. His demonstration couldn't go on in the morning show. <laughs> <laughs> let's say your life goes a different direction and you, and you become the ambassador for custard apples. What do you cook oh. on Carrie Ann Kennelly with custard apples? You listen to The Mitch and the best podcast on the <laughs> why, Any, why are you anyone? staring at me with disappointment? <laughs> Why have you like thrown your mic on the ground and you're walking This is like such a random door? thing to be talking about. Where would you what, like to steer the conversation? Apples? Yeah, main cost of apples. We can get Phil to change the subject again. Yeah, <laughs> Phil. Tell us about India, Lauren. India this year. This is the air horn. Now we do the air horn. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, what was it like... Um, 
Was it Good Food Guide Award where Neil wasn't there to give the speech for Rockpool, so you actually had to give a give a speech? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Usually, good, um, usually you hide behind him, or, yeah, or he just, doesn't let you talk. Yeah, what this one? Yeah, I had this to say one, something. Yeah. You didn't come. No. We'll get we'll get into that. We'll get I wasn't there because I was in India. So no which was, was the most Neil Perry, right? Yep. Yeah, Neil, Neil was. Was Neil sick or Neil was boycotting uh, or Neil was sick, I think. Yeah. Yeah. He was on Canary Hearing and Kennelly <laughs> talking about custard apples. Staring at her legs. <laughs> yeah, staring at her legs, thinking of custard apples. Uh, you gave quite a you gave quite a touching speech, Phil. That's beautiful. The people's princess, apparently. <laughs> um, oh look. I love you guys. <laughs> that's about that's about what I said. And I do. I love the industry in Sydney and I really love all, all the guys I work with and I've got so much respect for everybody and I think they're all doing such an amazing job and, and they're all um, amazing friends of mine and, and that's what I wanted to get across. Yeah. Because I, I feel like one of the things in well, it's changing a lot now but it used to be so competitive um, in Sydney when I started cooking and no one, like everyone used to write each other, each other off constantly. Mm. A lot of backstabbing. A lot of backstabbing and you do functions with people and then... Be mates to your face and then... Yeah, and then you'd listen to them. Did you find that with our generation or the older generation? Uh, the older one. It was, a, it was a bit more like all about them. Um, mm. Whereas I think there's a lot more collaboration, mm. uh, which is a lot better. And look, I don't know. Yeah, I just, I just wanted to try express that a little bit. That's why I said what I said. You know. Puss, so why, did, why, didn't, why didn't you go, Puss? Um, I just wanted to spend some time with my family. That's not honest. what you told me, don't lie. Huh? <laughs> what did I tell you? It couldn't be bothered. Yeah, you're over the politics or some shit, I don't know. No, I think, well, the good thing about having the business with James is that as long as one of you goes. one of us uh, is representing the restaurant, then it's, then it's fun. And it is sort of serious, you know, like going to the Good Food Guide Awards. I mean, people do take it seriously. And I saw, like, Carly Javier put something on Facebook the other day about, you know, she's having a work staff party. And she's like, sometimes... You know, you get caught up with it all too much and you yeah. think about it too much. You feel like you're not good enough. Um, and then you realize, then you put everything in perspective and you work with a great bunch of people and life's amazing, you know. And for me, that's like, that was awesome what she said, you know. Like I love, like Phil said, I love the guys that I work with. I love my friends in the industry. I do love the hospitality industry in Sydney, you know. Um, but at times as well, it can just be just, it can, I don't know, like it just not mean as much to me as my friends and family so I didn't like James was going James was going he was representing Sixpenny I felt like he he did it for the team on the night I didn't have to and, I, and that's like I don't want to have that pressure where I feel like I have to do these things because I'll get recognised for going you know like I just want to oh man it's like such a difficult question like it's like I'll go on for hours about for about this and people it all comes back to what I want to cook now and how I want to portray myself yeah. And I don't always want to show the most technical food with what I'm doing. I would like to show something really simple and just delicious, um, something that, like, everyone can do. You know, I just want to cook food that makes me happy. And in a way, it's sort of selfish, um, but also it's it's but not what really. makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, but and your restaurant's a big reflection of you, so you should be cooking what you want to cook. No, for sure, for sure. But then you might not... You know, you might not get marked the way you want to get marked. Yeah, right. If sometimes these things, like, like I, I, I drum it up in, in my own head, you know, like, this is a big deal, this is a big deal, this is a big deal, when really it shouldn't be, you know. If I'm happy with the guys that I'm working with and, and then all my friends in the industry that are there that are supporting me as well, then that, that's enough to make me happy. 
you know so I don't feel like I need to go to every single sort of yeah. event that's on do you feel like people don't maybe understand what you're trying to do at the restaurant just people like like the public that when you do simple food they maybe come in and they eat it and just go yeah it's delicious but yeah, I think I mean that happens. That'll happen probably at any. I think I think sometimes right? they like these days they appreciate the simple things done well more. I mean, it's a lot harder to do. But does everyone understand that? I'm not I, expecting I, everyone to I understand don't think, that. I, I feel like people don't necessarily. I think I've been trying to make it. things simpler and simpler for the last few years, mm. and and I, I don't know. And that's what gets like touching on vegetables in in France. You know, like you can slice a tomato and you can just serve it and it tastes delicious. When here, it's really hard to do that. Yeah. Well, you start cooking for what the general public are going to understand. Though you, you're never you going to, never going to be happy. You can't. You can only cook for what you want to cook. Mm. You know, you can't. You can't get your message across to 100 percent of the diners. And uh, the bells and whistles thing, you know, it's camera fodder. You know, but it doesn't necessarily make you happy. You can put six donuts on top of a fucking milkshake and put a fucking <laughs> chicken, put a chicken on, put a chicken on top of it. What is that, what is that milkshake thing it? going um, on? Is, have you had you're all fucking cunts. Whoever's doing that. <laughs> <laughs> What does he know about this? Uh? Levens. <laughs> Levens, you put donuts on fucking anything. You, you, Levens, I poured you a glass of sake this morning and you put a donut on it. You can't. What's that all about? I don't, man, I don't know. I just figured that maybe you, you know, you got a finger on the pulse. Well, I mean, I, dude, if I, I have the finger on the, on my pulse. Yeah, whatever you just said, I have that. And, uh, and I feel like that means that I don't drink a fucking milkshake because it has a donut on it. But what's the point of it? It's camera fodder. It's what yeah, it's for. It's just it's to, to create hype and food that looks great on Instagram living, and doesn't yeah. really matter how it tastes. I have no um, idea what you're talking about. Really? So don't, you don't want it. So just imagine you. someone made a made a milkshake and put a custard apple on top of it. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> These guys did it. It was a person and milkshake. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not just the milkshakes. It's, it's those dishes and those over-plated kind of, you know, uh, like, you know, appealing to the... The mass audiences with, you know, over-the-top kind of things. It's it's all camera fodder food. It may get you a fuckload of attention and it might get you a lot of seats, like bombs on seats. But, you know, as you said, I'd give me a nice tomato that a chef's used his skill and his knowledge and his fucking taste buds to decide that it's fucking ready to serve. And he doesn't need to do anything to it. That's great. Right. I still fucking respect someone that can make a fucking good bouillabaisse and take the layers and the levels and build up a flavor and all that. That's two different things. But, yeah, um... But I mean, like maybe six, before we opened Duke Puss, like you gave me even back then, like the advice of keep things simple, have three to four flavors on a plate and that's it. You know what I mean? Like have a main flavor and then complement it or contrast it or whatever, but don't add a thousand things on the plate. And that was six years ago before you even had six pennies. So that's always been your thought process anyway. You know? Maybe told, you're just recognizing it. He told now. me to do a menu that I wanted to do the mise en place for. Yeah, that was your advice yeah, that yeah. I take away. You wrote, write a menu where you're happy to do the mise en place every day. Yeah. He's a very wise person. He looks deep. like 12, but he's very yeah. wise. That's, uh, why have you never told me that? I love that. You just don't That's listen, great. Phil. He's yeah, told you, you three talking. times a day. <laughs> you don't listen to anyone. You just keep no, talking. True. That was like, amazing. Puss really is one, beautiful man. Like, we're almost the same age, but Puss has been someone from... Did we all, Me, Phil, and Puss, did we meet at the same time? At Pillu at the Young Chef's yeah. Dinner, the year Phil won the award. That was the first time we met. When when yeah. Tim sung Happy Birthday to... Uh, yeah. You remember that? Oh, I forgot <laughs> that. That was amazing. Yeah. yeah, right. I forgot that completely. Tim Watkins, who's now a sommelier at Auto, uh, Auto Tomato. Is P.S. That's the best name for yeah. Automata ever. He's also Auto an amazing... Tomato. Auto Tomato. He's also an amazing start singer. wearing like pronunciation guides? 
I think they might. No, no, we actually, the, the only reason that the mission exists is to explain how it's pronounced every week. Automata. Automata. What does it mean? That's uh, not important. I remember. Yeah. It's perpetual motion or something. It means it's a tomato that cuts and serves itself oh. by itself. <laughs> <laughs> Just as Daniel Puskas would enjoy. <laughs> But yeah, as I was saying, like Puss is someone that we've I've always gone to advice for, even though we're like a year apart or something. You've you've always been like we were saying about Pussy last week. Puss is one of those guys that you can go and ask anything or talk yeah. talk to him about anything, and you always get even like we've had some rough spots in our friendship, but even still, you you could always can rely. You on to that? Can you elaborate on that point? They had a bad breakup. It's we had a bad breakup, and then we reconciled and. No, you're right though. Like if you could, if you can't get hold of Parsi, then you know, you try I'm him saying. again, and then you maybe <laughs> read Puss, <laughs> and then maybe you call Puss. And then after you listen to Puss, you call Parsi and just check. And he said right. <laughs> there are definitely like I mean like I'm far from within the food industry, but I definitely what like are you talking about. I feel like you're pretty. Uh, in no, the food you're industry. not. <laughs> <laughs> you're yeah. living a lie the whole time. You are the donut milkshake. <laughs> Was that your idea? It was. Yeah, yeah. I'm an evil overlord that decides what horrible food trends will be overused every year. Like, yeah, hey, this year we're going to serve burgers on wooden boards. <laughs> I've gone fast, I'll do that. Yeah, we're, we're going to drink Bloody Marys from outside of a jar. Can you believe it? 2015's crazy. <laughs> um, it's a new character uh, that I just invented. Do you do um, voiceovers for anything? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, the, the Simpsons. I'm, I'm uh, all the characters. I'm editing that joke out. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm going to say it was Phil and put the Phil stuff. <laughs> um, but I mean, yeah, yeah I'm so not actually here. I, whenever I talk, it's no, actually Levens. No, it's like incredible. You're you're not, you don't know much yeah. about the industry, but you're all about just you know out west or wherever, not in the city, away from everything else. Small little shops cooking delicious ethnic food. No, that's what you love. Oh yeah, but that's not where I was going. I mean, that's 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 a truism, absolutely. But what I was saying is that, like, from from knowing people like Mitch and knowing Mikey and, and knowing chefs, is like you know, you definitely there are people that are that are spoken about with such a level of respect, and you're you're one of them. I just I, I'm keen to know at what, what, at what point do you meet these people and you realise that they're one of those people. Exactly. I think I think you got to go through things like I don't think I was always that type of person when Mitch and I were working together. Like, it didn't end well, and I think I've learned from my mistakes from being a bit of a dick about certain things and come come around to the fact that I've made mm. made mistakes with people that I've worked with and I hate making like I hate making enemies and like I think with our younger generation it is more about us being friends and being able to go to people and ask questions like if I need to know something about pasta then I'll ask Mitch I'll ask Frederico at Lumi or you know if um you know, if the guys from Ormeggio, Alessandro comes in, I'll, even though if I'm not sure if it's, if it's amazing, I'll still serve it to him. Like, hey, what do you think? You know, like, <clears throat> I think I've learned a lot from me growing as a chef with now how I want to approach people and, and have relationships with people. As far as finding the guys in the industry that you respect and you go to, you come across different chefs every day. You do different things all the time. It's certain ones that stand out. Yeah. You know, like Puss is an exceptional chef. He's very humble but he's wise and he's smart and he's made mistakes and he's learned. But for me, like I was his apprentice, like I was a hundred kilos heavier than him, but you know, I was his first year apprentice and I learned so much and I credit most of my career to puss, you know what I mean? Cause he just sets you on the right path. Now you might be a fuckwit and have no idea how to cook or never turn out right. But the people that lead the industry in the right way set you on the path, whether you stay on it, 
you know, and, exp- and grow is up to you and your skills and your commitment. But if you don't find people like Puss, you won't have a chance really. Hard, yeah. Even I, I, no matter how good you are. You've got to be lucky. Like, and it's who you connect with as Yeah, well. but you've got to be lucky to get those opportunities to connect. And that sort of comes from hard work. Like the reason I met Phil and Puss was I was working at an Italian restaurant called La Studio that's no longer around for Danny Russo. And Yanni Christus, who's like a legend in the industry, every year organizes a young chef dinner as part of Good Food Month, which the Josephine Pinlay Young Chef of the Year cooks at, and they find five to six other chefs to cook at Are the they dinner not doing as well. It this year, then? No, I'm not I sure. Don't know if, the, if the one that we're doing. Oh, we're doing it. The one at Rockpool. Yeah, so that's yeah. it. There's not a young yeah, chef, young so chef one. Young chef dinner, isn't it? Every man, we're doing a yeah. dinner at Rockpool. Rockpool. Thank you so much. Uh, uh, it's sold out. It's sold out. Five two one triple eight. Every <laughs> man, and I'm in the middle of something. The re- but that came. The reason I met those guys was. I was working hard and putting my all in and the chef I was working for recognized that so rewarded me with an opportunity to do something and I was lucky enough that Phil had won the award that year so he was cooking at the dinner and Phil and Puss were friends from working together and Puss had just got back from his stages overseas so Puss came along to help Phil so I met them and we clicked and me and Puss formed a pretty quick friendship I'm still trying to be friends with Phil but he makes it very difficult for you so you it's know like that was a hard re- to get. Do you remember what you cooked that night? Yeah, goat cheese, ravioli, and broccolini. Broccolini. Yeah. yeah. I hated what I cooked. <laughs> <laughs> Oyster blade or something. Yeah. Oyster blade, blade polenta. Polenta. Yeah. It was a challenge for me because they made me do Italian. Italian. I, I, yeah, because it was a pilu, so pilu wanted it to be Italian. Yeah. So it was a massive challenge. But I had, leading up to that, had one of the most amazing um, eating experiences of my life, which is pretty pretty cool. Where at? I, um, so I was at Tetsuya at the time. Yeah. And Tets came down in the kitchen and at the, sort of close to the end of the service and he said, Phil, I've got to take you. I've got to take you. And uh, I was like, okay. So we went over to... Um, Passport. Huh? Passport. Passport? What? No, he didn't go overseas. No, 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 no. He, he came and I got in his car and he drove me over to um, Bon Ricordo and the service had finished and fucking Armando and Tets and they cooked me dinner at... 12 o'clock in the morning at 12 o'clock at night and we just sat down and I listened to those two talk about like the industry yeah. and it was pretty incredible whatever you think about those guys it's fine but I mean I had a pretty amazing pasta I had a pretty amazing experience I mean I don't, I don't know how many look first out it was the first year out of my apprenticeship how many times you get to sit down yeah. with legend like Tetsuya and a legend like, like Amando and just listen to them talk about yeah. what it's like to be cooking in the industry it's pretty phenomenal. I was uh, dicking around with the idea of becoming a chef and had done about four months as an apprentice working in a place that was didn't really take off the way they'd planned in the city and had a friend who'd got me a job. I won't say where the restaurant was because it'll make Puss look bad and then went for a one-day like trial. Where was it? No, I'm not going to say. At no, Oscillate. Why not? And watching the... Where was it? No, I'm not saying. <laughs> and we were... We were <laughs> it was in India. They were... They were <laughs> Puss was cooking with his good friend uh, Merrick at the time. Yep. And uh, watching those two run Oscillate, just the two of them, about 15 minutes into my trial there, I knew I wanted to work for them because there was just something different about them and, and Puss was funny. And then I, the, the real clincher for why I took the job was at the end I told him where I was thinking of working and I remember his expression and his look on his face and then he said, no, just come and work here. And I, I kind of thought, this guy knows what he's doing. So I, I committed to him. And I stand by that decision. I'm not going to say where it was, but it was funny. Your response was perfect. Where was it? No. <laughs> on, on that though, I mean, 
we've all said how great Dan is, which now I feel like I should hang out with you more and learn lots from you. He's changed now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a but dad now. You, he has no time for other shit. Just his children. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's done. Do you th- all think that having a mentor is really important? Because for me, having Mark has made a massive difference. And yeah. I, I mean, I've been there for three Sorry. years. I think a lot of people... I was sure, agreeing. Yeah. I was agreeing. I was saying I it's amazing. You have well, to have Mark's a, mentor. a mentor of dance. Yeah, yeah. So I, mean, I only worked with him for a year. Would you guys say? Would you guys say that Mark is the best mentor? <laughs> 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 the Mission Podcast every week on iTunes. I, I just yeah. five stars. Like, uh, I think now. I mean, on what you were saying before as well, that the industry is a lot more supportive and there's not mm. taking young chefs and kind of beating it out of them until they're good. I mean, I've always been treated quite well especially at that restaurant and I've stayed there for three years I think a lot of young chefs now move around a lot and they think they're going to learn yeah. more that way no, I think they move around because they're spoiled there's not a lot of young chefs anymore yeah. just quietly we just throw that in that too yeah. Yeah. but I think it's important but like I don't think a mentor necessarily has to be an older guy like yeah. I, like no. all of these guys are mentors of mine you know what I mean like, except me even Levin's in some ways. <laughs> yeah. And on that too, you don't always have to work for them. See, I've never worked for Mark, but yeah. I, he's a good guy and I give him heaps of shit. And you know, he speaks the truth. You know, yeah. you appreciate that. And yeah, when he, no... he heard a rumor that we were shutting Pinbone. He's, still a, le- he's still a legend. He's a legend. Yeah. He's and a legend. he called me just because he's a friend and said, advice is free. If you need anything, call me, whatever you need. Yeah. You know, Mark Kitchen's here for you. I'm here for you. If you want any help, legal, you know, moving forward in the future. So you don't have to work for a person for them to be a credible, you know, kind of mentor, mentor and yeah. guide and you're foolish to, and it's folly not to take their advice I would are you going to gonna get Mark on this yeah he said he'll come and do it he'll yeah. hate me it'll Will be he? amazing he said um, oh, at, be the, at the awards I inquired if he knew what a podcast is and he said yes you fuckwit I do <laughs> <laughs> and then he said let's talk about it after I give Lauren's speech and he told me he was going to open a speech by saying Mitch was a cunt but he didn't <laughs> That's because my so I told my parents they had to attend. Uh, so yeah, your parents were there. Yeah. <laughs> they don't like, want to hear it. Have but yeah, no. Be- good start. I think Bessie might even come on next week. He he said he didn't want to step on your toes, Lauren. Ah, oh, that's rare. What a great that's mentor. <laughs> um, I, I might I, listen to that show. <laughs> It's not, wonderful, not man. Every week. Yeah. Every week. So, so much great find, insight. Actually, how do you find the podcast? Um, you go to bit.ly. <laughs> so, wait, everyone that's listening already knows how to find it. Tim Mitch's account link on his Instagram. Just click on it. Boom. Takes it right there. Um, do, do you need iTunes. to... I'm going to put this on social media. No, you can just it, click so. on the link and it'll give you it. It's fine. It's okay. Fine. Phil, we don't want you to listen to it anyway. Fucking hell. Um, Dan, I feel like I should say that the only reason I brought up that I that I don't consider myself part of the food industry is not because I wanted to like brag about being some gronk that lives in the western suburbs that loves kebabs. It's because I have such a, a crazy amount of respect for the level of work that actually needs to go into the, the you know everyone that's at this table right now and people, especially the people that open their own restaurant as well. Like you know, I feel like I definitely I have this constant. Uh, you know, need to kind of prove myself in a way because I opened my own. I mean, I wouldn't call it a restaurant, but that's me again trying not to prove myself. Well, blah blah blah. It's a complex. Um, <laughs> you, you have a fucking good palate, though. Just quietly, your palate's yeah. like you know, your training is definitely not there because you have never trained. No, but the food that you made was tastier than tasty. some dudes that I know that have been cooking for years. Palate's everything, you know. So that's why that's what's good about this generation now. Like no one cares. If you're doing like what at what level you're cooking, you know, as long as you're into what you're doing and you love it, mm-hmm. then it's like this. Who cares? You people, know? Like, people read we, honesty. You know, his food was honest. It was what it was, mm-hmm. and people care about that. You know, like that's more important. I My think, burgers you know? told no lies. <laughs> no, you read a book pure, and people you, bought it, right? No, no one bought that fucking book. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and they re-released it with a dumber name and no one bought it even less. Well, they re-released it? Yeah. What as? As Dude Food. Dude Food. Yeah. The only reason you don't know about it is because I didn't tell anybody about it. <laughs> it's, a, it's a Mitchin exclusive. <laughs> My book got re-released. You can find it but, on Amazon.com. So it must have been all right if they re-released it. Yeah, and I actually got a royalty check. Really? Yeah. How much? How someone bought it. I got like a couple hundred bucks. It wasn't like not too impressive. Cookbooks are, are, are a funny, funny realm. Yeah. So it wasn't really the bunts. You're the expecting the buns. The buns. The buns. What is, is that what you call money? The Bunsen burner. That's the learner. What are you talking about? I have no idea. This is the trouble when you ask Phil to come on to the mention. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I had six glasses ten, minutes of into, <laughs> 10 minutes into the episode, he said, maybe I should just go back to New Zealand, and I would agree with you. <laughs> I wouldn't stay here, man. It's great. You cook great food. Lovely face. Good hear, dancer. You hear Good the hair. silence. Good dancer. <laughs> silence. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> that was another yeah. Phil classic joke. <laughs> is that what else is there to talk about? Those um, Phil's well, railroaded everything we've tried. What about new about. restaurants people are into, or what's coming up? Mm. Maybe uh, not what had just opened, but what's coming up. Ooh, you know, I got any Greenos, Paddington, Arms, and stuff. But I think that's still not till next year. Well, I'm excited for Igni, Aaron Turner's place in Melbourne. I mean, yeah. that'll be fucking sick. He's a yeah. talent. Is man. his is his chicken shop open as well? Yeah, he's already doing it's that. Already it's, open. it's flying. Yeah, chicken, chicken. But that then he's doing his. He's gonna. I'm not actually sure what he'll do, but he's such a fucking good chef. I know Ibrahim from he used to work at uh, Portenio's yeah, yeah, he's opening um, yeah. on Emmore Road, like Turkish a Turkish place. restaurant. Turkish yeah, yeah, when does that open? Hopefully by the end of the year. And when does when does their um, deli open? Well, that should be close. I think that was November. Yeah, I, I can't think. wait to have some peas. I've heard about the peas. Have you heard about the peas? No, tell us the peas, yeah. Phil. Canned peas. Apparently, canned they're incredible. Peas. At the deli. At the deli. What's it called? Is it What's it going to be deli? called? Is it Continental. No, 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 Con- two different places. So, so the Portano guys are opening a deli. And in on Australia uh, Street in uh, Newtown? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Near Oscillate? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so you go across right, from Oscillate, floor. you've got the police station, yeah. go up 50 metres, and it's on the right-hand yep. side. And then they're also in conjunction with Ibrahim Kassif yep. opening a Turkish restaurant. On Emmore Road. And Ibzi's... His heritage is Turkish, yeah. so and he's a fucking good cook too. Yeah. He's a really good cook. Really simple, delicious. Yeah, it would be really tasty. Be amazing. Yeah. I wonder if <clears throat> because Turkish and a lot of Middle Eastern food is very um I mean, to the level that we get to enjoy it, it's very untouched as far as the recipes are like I mean there's the, the majority of restaurants that you would eat at that are Turkish in, in Australia are cooking the same stuff that they were cooking hundreds of years ago. Well and if, there's there's an untouchability of, of a lot of their recipes. I think Ibs Ibs feels like it's been dumbed down a bit. I, I've had conversations with him where it's like everyone hears Turkish and they think kebabs and pides or whatever, yeah. and it's kind of been dumbed down to that market. And also that recipes and stuff have been sort of muddled. So he's going to do, I think, a bit more. Tra- don't quote me, but I think a bit more traditional stuff like that he grew up with, and 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 sort of take it away from almost like that late night kind of. What's the word I'm looking for? But, you know, like you want to go and eat that stuff when you're pissed or whatever. Like he wants to take it a bit away from that and really show what it can actually be in a way. Yeah, I think that's really incredible. He should definitely come on the podcast. Yeah. Hook it up. How about we talk about a dish that we really enjoyed that we ate recently? Because I feel like Lauren Lauren was talking about food and I was like, oh my, like actually like breaking down all all, all the elements of her dish earlier. And I was like, that's actually the most food talk we have so much food industry talk, but we have very little food talk on this, well, I on this one, podcast. I, and I want to do this anyway. I want to give a shout out to the guys at Fratelli. 15 years, they got their first hat, which ties into yeah. the good food. And I think they're fucking legends. And on that whole keeping it simple and not worrying about what other people think, those guys been doing it 15 years. So 
Big ups to them because it's fucking pretty honest respect that they finally got a hat. And that ties into my dish. I had a risotto the other day there and I fucking hate risotto as a general rule because it's done shit. But they did it genuinely. They did it pure. It's just a little bit of crab and asparagus. Fucking delicious. Really yeah. good. So that was the dish that I ate lately that was fucking tasty. Um, two comments off the back of that. Miffy, who we brought up earlier, Miffy Rigby is currently the editor of Good Food. And I feel like the biggest presence that was felt from her taking over as editor this year is places like Fratelli and Tim William yeah. getting a hat yeah. for the first time. I think that's really and incredible. And getting two and Oscillate getting two. Oscillate getting two. Oscillate getting two. Did Oscillate get two? Wow. Fuck. I didn't even really? realize. I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Carl, yeah, that's Carl. Awesome. you should get Carl on. Yeah, yeah he'd be Carl great. On. Lukey Powell needs to come on as well. He's a funny. We've got infinite episodes. They'll all come on at some point. Just get Lukey Powell drunk. That'll be the best show ever. He can do the late night. (laughs) (laughs) He can do the late night GCs episode when we go and have it on the. uh, You know, I think I think food I've been eating lately, or one dish I had was those two things I want to say. One of my favorite things was sorry, just he did it. But when we went to (laughs) when we went to sorry, because what I'm saying, Lauren went to India. That's why that's why I jumped in. I wanted something. I wanted something. <laughs> so I had a dish at, at Lumi. He did like an Anduja ravioli with like this candied orange just quietly, sauce and like fennel seed. Lumi and when we went, w- when we went to I'm just LPs, supporting him. We we sat at the bar as as just two just top the two of us, and we just had all the cold, like the cold, not actually just cold, that but we had all sausage. the all the smaller dishes, not like the large, big, heavier short ribs and like. And all like the you know the the, big the one shit. with the pickle fennel. Yeah, I had that yeah. two days ago. It's fucking. It's amazing. Delicious. So LPs sit at the bar and just order all the the, 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 the smaller the smaller dishes. That's oh, fine. No, to... Sitting at the bar is the best part yeah, of any yeah. restaurant. Yeah, but if the bar's full, just sit in the restaurant. All right, don't just. I mean, I feel like it's always going to be the other way around, though. <laughs> you know, open a restaurant which is just bars. Fifteen. <laughs> 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 like What's your food, Phil? What'd you eat? Well, just Not what Buska said. Yeah. Oh, can I? Can you just get me and I think about it a bit more? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, you were so keen to interrupt him. Yeah, because no, I just like, say the same thing. I knew what he was going to say. We'll, so we'll all get our chance. Oh, Lauren, Lauren, what do you got? Right. What's your something in India? Something yeah, recently? I, did, uh, I mean, it was it was pretty tasty, but it was just interesting. They do this dessert that's a it's a whipped milk. And they can only do it a certain time of the year because it depends on the milk. And then they told us that it depends on the dew in the air. So pretty much you had a bunch of chefs sitting around a table eating milk foam and we all couldn't quite comprehend how they could whip the milk and keep the foam. And they put it in these big tubs and they whip it with a rope like real old school. Like tie a skipping to, rope. To, yeah, tie the it rope? to a pole really? at one end, put it in a big tub, all this milk. And then they stand at the other and they just whip this rope and it frosts the milk. And what? then they, st- I know it, it's ridiculous. <laughs> what kind of? And then, like a, uh, I mean, a, a coiled rope or like a like, smooth rope? Just a rope, like, Phil. Just a rope. Just a rope. Just, just, fucking hell. Like I don't know. Way to choose the thing that's not. <laughs> really I've, I've read a not I've read a piece a, of string. Like I read a rest. Yeah, I have read a What's recipe. What's the rope made out of? Is it, <laughs> no, like is it similar to like old school cheese production where it was? I read a recipe. For I, a rest to be fair, they're in India, so I'm going to go with whatever rope they can find, like what they tie their cows up with, and they was it rope? No, was they the, just was the rope flavored. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, the so rope had some flavor. They flavor the rope and then <laughs> with, no, with vanilla. They, they whip it and they, it foams and then they start scooping the foam out from underneath and right. it holds. So pretty much you had all these myself and all these mission chefs just staring at these Indian guides, being like, "You're all like liars because milk foam won't hold unless you put something in it." And then they brought it out and they can only do it a certain time of the year. So that was right. probably the most interesting thing that I've eaten in a while because, I mean, if you froth milk, it 
you froth it, over it. it. Yeah, you, yeah. I've, I was I've frothing. Got a, I've got a book much. with a recipe for whipped milk. Limbi, uh, so pa- a Parsi, a Parsi cookery. But, but how do they hold it? Like they uh, didn't put any of it with just milk. It's something you do, and you do. You have to do it and leave it overnight in the fridge, and then the next day. But I can't remember what, what it was you do to it. Cool story, man. Yeah. You could see my face. You would see how helpful that was. Yeah, no worries. Thank it's, you. It, well, did you, did you think of something that you liked that you the ate? The book originally? is called Fire and Spice, Parsi Cookery. Okay, good. That's what, Lebs, what have you eaten? What do you got? Thanks. Come on. Well, I mean, it's funny that you were pushing for me to talk because the thing I ate that I really enjoyed recently was something you cooked. So this sounds like a setup. Um, I haven't cooked. Yesterday. What are you talking oh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Hey, you haven't cooked today. <laughs> uh, yesterday, Mikey and uh, Gemma from Pinbone took over 10 Williams Street. So it was one of my favorite restaurants, taking over one of my favorite restaurants. And um, you did an all Chinese menu. And it was, it started out incredibly. I loved that you did like a fried bean curd with, um, with prawns and garlic, mm. which was out of control, like such a good starter and continued being really great. But what really, really just destroyed me was that you uh, used the LP smoker because there was, there, was a, there was a dish on there that was smoked pork with uh, mustard greens mm-hmm. and uh, was it what do you call it, like a hoisin sauce? Yeah, we made a hoisin. We, we did a, we sort of fermented black sesame and reduced it down with sugar syrups and stuff and made a black sesame hoisin. Um, but I was just saying it's classic Mike to, to do an all Chinese menu and somehow within that do the best American barbecue that I've ever had in Sydney. <laughs> Because it was the most incredibly luxurious, fatty, smoked pork. And then with this fantastic, you know, like a uh, uh, vinegary green to cut through it as well. Which, I mean, yeah, it was excellent, man. Well, that was all Luke Powell at LP's because he, he cooked it all. He did it all. It's, that's him. I just take his credit. But, yeah, it was him. And as much as we give him shit, I, I really need to give a little thanks to Dan Hong as well. Because I was having a heap of trouble getting my bean curds to fucking stick together. And so I, I got on the phone to Dan, who then has like an army of, like you know, dumpling masters, and he came back to me with the solution. So uh, if if your if your bean curd's not sticky when you're making wontons, you need to make a play-doh out of uh, water and flour, quite thick paste, rub it on, problem solved. So thank you, Hongi, and yeah. thank you, Luke Powell. It was a good it was a good dinner, and I feel like you know I'm only going to say this because I'm about four glasses of sake deep. But Dan Hong, we make fun of you because we love you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Mikey, the, to- the tofu you made yesterday was oh, really good. Oh man, I got to give you some shit about that though, because I was sitting, <laughs> I was sitting, good, you know, I was he, sitting next he got to your collapsed one. You got the curd one. I yeah. loved that one. Yeah, it was really great. I know, but it didn't look as good, bro. I'm, I only eat. To put it that's a good answer. We keep going on about oh Mikey, great or Dan, you doing this? Like, you got the sick, something. like fucking mad tofu curds. Well, I was sitting next to your brother, and then what it didn't help. You got the shit one that was barely cooked. Oh shit! You got the one that was probably meant for me. What was it? What was it? I was like yeah. um, tofu. braised tofu. tofu. Braised tofu. No, it was nice. delicious. Don't worry. Curds it's really good. Doesn't matter what tofu looks like; it still tastes the same. Really, tofu. Love tofu. <laughs> I, I, I think one of the best things <laughs> about, no, about tofu. Mike's cooking is that you, you actually you have a love for tofu. Do you guys still make it at the table at Rockpool? I love tofu, man. Because you know what? Are we are we really going to try and have two conversations on the one podcast? Why not? We're talking about tofu, which is very interesting. We are two tofu conversations. Tofu is a blank canvas, man. So. You can do whatever you want, so it's a pretty nice. I don't know for medium. fresh, it's pretty incredible. It's fucking sick, you know. Mm. Plus, you know me, we do all veggie, vegan shit, and dairy free. So if you don't use tofu, then you're in a shit. Mm. Like we, like you know, our menus, they're always, you know, 
we fell in love with tofu because it's and soy milk. My favorite dish at Pimbom was the uh, egg custard with pickled peanuts. Oh, yeah. I was on board with that. I loved that. Well, that was our failed attempt at making our own tofu on a commercial stage where we were trying to do like 40 portions a night and we couldn't actually keep up with production or make it. Um, I think well the enough. reason you failed is because you used eggs. No, that was, our, <laughs> that was our fallback. That was the thing. We couldn't get we couldn't get the tofu to work. Like, not good enough. Like, there's a like a lot of failings in my training, and you know, Jem is fucking much better than me. But even every now and then, we fall down on something. So we still wanted the same texture, and so we came up with a soft custard that was based on just egg and uh, water and peanuts, and it textually is very similar to tofu and then since we had to go with the peanut element then we just played around with that and you just like the pickled peanuts i so. love the pickled peanuts pickled anything that's <laughs> just good all right is that enough for today yeah, yeah, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to the mission we have been great as always and we'll be back <laughs> next week you can uh find us on facebook <laughs> facebook.com slash the mission uh how about the rest of you guys where can i find you on the internet slang with you lauren um, I think my Instagram is Dark web. Lauren Lauren dot Eldridge on Instagram. Happy Madison. Phil, where can we find you? Not that anyone wants to, but I don't know. Yeah. Um, what? What are you on Instagram? <laughs> Fuckhead. Phil, Phil I Wood, I think. Phil A C Wood. Phil A C yeah, Wood. Phil Wood. Why does everyone know your tag but you? I don't know. Pussy. Fake humility, I guess. <laughs> D pickles P. D pickles P. I'm gonna give you a card later. And that's it. A red card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we all know where Levs and Mitch and me are. Hey, can I do a shout out? Because I didn't do enough of my other one. Yeah, of course. We're going this down is, to Melbourne this, this where our little maids are. We're going to cook in Melbourne, actually, on the 20th. This whole episode's been shout outs. No, nah, it's not enough. Well, I'm doing dinner in Melbourne on the 20th. What for? Uh, for fun. Of October? Yeah, 20th of October. We're down at the old Leho Fook site. So um, there'll be details on the Pinbone Instagram. So keep an eye out for it if you live in Melbourne. Because we love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> you can find Mitch. Instagram.com slash Instacrill and I'm a Levdog L-E-V-D-A-W-G on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. Mitch, you want to say something? No. Go. We're in. Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for listening to another award-winning episode of Everybody. The Fitchin? Is it the Fitchin now? The Filchin. The Filchin. The Filchin. The Frigatoria. The Frigatoria. The Frigatoria. The Frigatoria. That was the Mitchin. You've been listening to Serial. It's the Mission Podcast with Krill Dog and Andy. I went on to Carrie and Kelly when I was like sixteen. Is this going to be like a? Is this going to be like a Bill Cosby story? <laughs> you just heard another Phil classic joke. <laughs> I just dropped a gold joke just then. No one heard it. No. No, no, it's fine. Yeah, it's pretty. <laughs> Can you do that, please? Yeah. No. I'm actually shooting for Carl Sandilands. Phil, job. shut up. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.